This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unhacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. We are back. Luke is here. Henry's here. You're here, and we are fired up for the new year. I can't wait for 2022. Can't wait to continue this show. This is actually kind of a, an anniversary. We started this show about a year ago, uh, and so here we are uh, for year number two here on the live edition of the Unpacking It podcast. And for the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans Thanks to everybody listening on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Leave your comments. Let us know you're here. Share it with, with your social network. And, and thanks to everybody that listens to the podcast later on. Rate, review, share. Let's continue to, to let more and more sports fans know about unpacking it so that we can grow as, as, a, as an audience. But more importantly, let's grow as fellow followers of Jesus. And, and we're sports fans, and so we want to be together each Monday at 2 Eastern and, and love bringing this show to you. We, uh, we took some time off, but, 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 but glad to be back. It, it was fun being home uh, with the family. And I, I'll tell you what, it, it was hard to balance watching you know, all the games that were going on, so many bowl games. Uh, but yesterday's NFL games, I was able to, to get some time in the man cave, and wow. We saw some excitement in the NFL yesterday. And so we will get to all of it. We saw some uh, head-scratching uh, circumstances, especially with Antonio Brown. We'll have to get into that. And then also, I'll let you know who I'm convinced of in regards to MVP and Coach of the Year. I'll let you know that in just a, a few minutes during the Unpack This segment today where we, we really dive in and unpack a, a, a kind of a biblical thought but, but related to our own lives we're going to talk about what we intend to do in 2022 and how we actually execute and how we always hear in, in sports, especially from head coaches. Yeah, we just didn't execute today. So what is that? How does that translate to our own lives, especially when it comes to kind of goals and, and ways that we want to change in the new year? So, so we'll have some fun with that. Hopefully that'll be an encouragement to all of us. We'll, we'll do tap drill at the end of the show. We'll talk John Madden. I watched the, the John Madden documentary, and it's sad to hear the news uh, that he passed away really shortly after that documentary aired. And, and so it's been uh, you know, sad to, to, to know that he's not here with us, but it's been encouraging to hear the outpouring of support and all the stories and just remembering John Madden. And, and if you're a football fan, you're a John Madden fan. 
And so we'll uh, we'll talk about some of our, our memories uh, as well. But before we say hello to Luke and hear about his big adventure over the holiday break, uh, let's thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. My wife and I, we have been so thankful to, to be members of MetaShare for over five years now. And, and MetaShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care. And so as the new year begins and you're, you're looking at different changes to your, your bills and, and how you're uh, you know, handling health care, check out MetaShare. Uh, they're they're a, a, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. And you can text the word UNPACK to 201201 and you can get a, a link to find out more information and look at your options. So text the word UNPACK to the number 201201. So thanks to MetaShare. We'll do our MetaShare moment of the week in just a little bit. And uh, I'm not sure Luke will like the MetaShare moment of the week as much this week. But let's say hello to Luke Heaton in Texas. Whoa, look at you. Little little <laughs> upgrade in the studio. Looking sharp. I like it. Well, so the studio is upgraded. The clothing is upgraded thanks to you with the new uh, yes. the new Unpacking It shirt. So, uh, you know, I had I had to make a grand return. The two weeks off felt like an eternity. Today's show could easily go 10 hours. There's so much to talk about. So I had I had to I had to make a bang. Come in, guns a blazing, the new backdrop, the new shirt, ready to go. That's awesome. So I was talking to one of our loyal listeners uh over the break, and he he was surprised to find out, I forget how he found out, that you're taller than he thought you were when you sat in the studio. Hmm. And I will say this today you look taller in the way that it's set up. So I think you, right. maybe you've heard some of the rumblings. <laughs> now your, your presence is a little bit stronger. We see a little bit more of you, whereas maybe in the past we thought you were just a little guy, which you're, you're taller than me. You, you, you overpower me. That's I right. mean, what, you're 6'4"? 6'4". Uh, oh, yeah. True 6'4". Cool. You know, uh, I'd wow. like to be lighter than the 230-pound frame I currently uh, am clocking in at. But, hey, I've got a mole on the ground. He, he tells me the rumblings of the podcast community, <laughs> the unpacking it community. So you're right. I've been hearing, Luke, you got to look taller. So uh, the wife and I, I on it. Sunday afternoon prior to the Cowboys game, which we will later get into, we worked, set up the wall. Christmas gift from my wife, the golf Ooh, ball holder. I like so that. I've got my first eagle, my first birdie, Madeline's first par my first time breaking 80 and then my first time using the same ball the whole round. So still looking for the hole in one, but slowly filling out the golf ball holder. I like it. That's nice. I actually have a a ball holder as well. And it's basically if I, if I get a golf ball from a a gift shop, Mm -hmm. so I've different places I've been to. Yep. You're one of your favorite spots, Hilton head, Charleston, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever I go, and oh, I'll get one. so I've got a collection of golf balls, cool. but none of them have anything to do with my accomplishments on the course. So, <laughs> so I guess to make cool myself, my, you, you have that to make myself sound a little less conceited. Yeah, my whole wall is accomplishments. I have a Pebble Beach golf ball, so uh, we'll never do anything at Pebble Beach uh, worth putting a golf ball up there for. So uh, that's all right. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good gift. So was was that a, a highlight uh, gift wise? What, what was the favorite gift memory from Christmas? Well, you know what? I, one of the biggest takeaways from marriage so far that my wife has helped me understand is 
it, paying money for experiences. And, and, you know, gifts are great, but memories and experiences to, to save money for those type of things are great. And we did Disney World this year. Yes. And we went with my family. And, you know, I could talk Disney all day long. There's just so many angles to look at Disney. One, you could say, I survived Disney. It is <laughs> exhausting. Oh, my goodness. And, hey, no shame in being a Disney adult. If you're listening to this and you're saying, well, what's he doing at Disney? First of all, I'm with family. I'm with my wife. There are no kids, right? There no, no young kids. No, no young kids. The youngest was my sister who's uh, about to turn 23. So, uh, <laughs> so it was a group of Disney adults there. And it's, it's exhausting. You show up 9 in the morning and you leave at 11 p.m. And uh. the best thing, though, was their fireworks. Their fireworks, the, the light show on the castle. It was amazing. It, it was amazing. That's great. So, so it was a positive experience. And yes. I'm, I'm with you on experiences over gifts. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. And I think that's that's crucial. And that's, that's kind of been Jody and uh, my strategy as well, other than Christmas. Usually True. I, like to, I like to run down the stairs and see some gifts under the tree. So definitely, uh, so it was fun. But my, my gifts were geared toward uh, – the man cave. So I got a, a basketball display for my Charlotte Hornets ball signed by Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson. So that's oh, now that's up on cool. the wall. And then uh, some floating, uh, some <laughs> floating shelves, floating shelves, yeah, which are a nightmare to put up. But I did, I did put those up. I, I got yes. them up by that was like my big goal for the break, and I, I accomplished it. So that was good. Oh yeah, yeah. Put in the help. wall. Put in the wall plugs. Then drill on oh. the screw. Oh, it's it. making sure it's lined up. Oh, lined that, up is the key. Brutal. Yeah. So and then brutal. you have a two-year-old running around trying to grab the screwdriver and the true. hammer, and may or may not making mark making markings on the wall. Very it was true. an adventure. It was it sure. It sure was. Yes. So it was. I, I'm I'm glad we were able to to get a break and and glad to be back to to be able to talk about everything in the sports world today. And we will begin with. I'm convinced, and, and so we want to hear what you're convinced of today. We'll hear from Henry in a few minutes to hear what he's convinced of. But but I've got I've got three things to uh, to jump out on uh, right away. And the first thing is, I'm convinced Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. So let's lock that in. Let's uh, let's give him the uh, the MVP. Did I say Aaron Rodgers? I meant Tom Brady. You meant Tom? Yeah. I, I'm I, I, sorry. I, I, I was, was like, Aaron Rodgers, I, I've heard you kind you of... saw it on my notes. You saw it on my notes. I saw it on your notes. It, it, Tom Brady is the MVP, especially after yesterday. Huge where, win against the Jets. Well, <laughs> it was bad that they got down against the Jets. But the thing, the reason Tom Brady is the MVP is because of it doesn't matter who's on the field. Everybody's been out. Every, every single player on that offense has been injured and out and the next guy up. He even had a teammate just walk off the field midway through the game, does that stop stop Tom Brady? No way. He keeps <laughs> going. And so so Tom Brady is the MVP. So last night the Packers got the big win. So you can make the case for Aaron Rodgers. You can make the, the, the case for LaFleur as coach of the year. But I'm convinced Mike Vrabel is the coach of the year. How in the world are the Tennessee Titans the number one team in the AFC? Seriously, how is it possible? How is it happening? What are they doing? I mean, they... They they piled on the the Miami Dolphins yesterday, and it was just unbelievable. Who were, what a six game, seven game winning streak! Like the Dolphins had something to play yeah. for. Oh, they, they, absolutely! They they were shutting teams down. You weren't able to score on them, 
and somehow this high-powered offense with the Titans and Dante Hightower, who was written out of the league, Hilliard we never heard of, uh, A.J. Brown's finally healthy, but even yesterday he didn't do that much. It is unbelievable what the Titans are doing. And so you could say, oh, well, Ryan Tannehill's the MVP. No, because he hasn't done enough. He hasn't put up the numbers to, to be the MVP, even though he's kept that team going. It's Mike Vrabel. So he's the coach of the year. Tom Brady's the MVP. And then the most remarkable story of the year, the Las Vegas Raiders. How do they keep winning? Yeah. All the adversity, all the doubting, the, the, their, their games every week come down to the wire. They win ugly. Yesterday, my Colts laid an egg and absolutely blew it and allowed the Raiders to win. But that's what the Raiders have done all season long. And so yes. credit to them, credit to Derek Carr. I'm convinced they're having a remarkable season, and I'm still not ready to say they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Colts and Chargers still get those wild card spots, but man, the Raiders will be fighting until the end, and so good for them. That's uh, very, very impressive because I thought the season would unravel, and oh, it never did. No doubt. Just to piggyback off the Raiders thing, whoever is the leader in that locker room, which is likely Derek Carr, can we can we create a leader of the year award in the NFL? <laughs> because how he is keeping that locker room together. They're going to, regardless, they're going to finish above 500, which I don't think that doesn't happen that often with the Raiders organization over the past decade. It's, it's unbelievable that they have a shot. If they beat the chargers this next week, they're in the playoffs. Which I still don't think they're going to beat the chargers, but, but I've been a doubter of the Raiders all season long, despite my love for Derek Carr, but I've been doubting them and they just continue game after game. Surprise you. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so what I'm convinced of today, and you know, I'm, I'm as I begin this, I'm going to refrain from being a, a complainer from the Cowboys game. I could be, but I don't want to be that guy. But the Thank only you. thing I'll com- the only thing I'll complain about today is the way the NFL navigates calling delay of games. I'm convinced it, it is in massive need of change. It, it is absolutely <laughs> absurd. When the clock, when the play clock goes to zero, what the official does is they look at the clock. Then when it goes to zero, then they turn to see if the ball snapped. So there, so basically, a delay of game is when the clock goes to negative one. Let's just be real. When the clock goes to negative one, then it's delay of game. Yep. There was a play. Demarcus Lawrence, defensive end for the Cowboys. He's watching the play clock. There was a play. The play clock went to zero. And then he went and he, his, he's he, what he is thinking, which is genius is it's either going to be a delay of game or I'm going to get a great jump and I'm going to sack the quarterback. He, he goes, he gets a great jump because as soon as the play clock went to zero, he went, none of the linemen are going because the ball hasn't been snapped. What do they call offsides? It's delay of game. It's not offsides. <laughs> They're ne- with all of the technology available in the 21st century, in the NFL, there has to be a buzzer or some way to where when the clock goes to zero, it's a delay of game, not when the ref decides to look at the ball snapped, because that shouldn't be an offsides. No, that's a great play by the defense, and he's penalized. It's just, I'm convinced there needs to be change there. It's ridiculous. It is very arbitrary, and... Yeah, as a fan watching it, it's, it seems very confusing. You're like, wait, how do they just get away with that? How do they – wait, I saw zeros, and yeah. So I, I, that's a good take. I understand what you're, where you're coming from. Mm. H- Henry, happy new year to you. How are you? 
we'll we'll do tap drill in a little bit, but what are you convinced of right now? Happy New Year, boys. What's going on? Two weeks is too long to be away from you guys talking sports. <laughs> the only other person I get to talk sports with is my 13-year-old, and he's kind of a conservative uh, sports guy, so I can't I can't talk to him all that much. But um what I'm convinced of, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna piggyback off of both of you guys. And Luke, hear me out on this because this goes directly to your cowboys. Mm. I do not think that Micah Parsons is the defensive rookie of the year. Now hear me out. Okay. I can I can hear you breathing. I can hear you breathing, Luke. <laughs> Hold on. I hope he's breathing. What do what do <laughs> we what do we what do we equate the def- a rookie of the year award with? A first year guy who makes an impact, but not necessarily the impact of a veteran player. He he's coming in He's in his first year, and for a guy who is in his first year to make an impact the way that he does above all the other rookies is sort of like what we consider the rookie of the year, so to speak. Okay? Okay. You with, you with me so far? I'm tracking. Okay. Now we come upon Micah Parsons. Would you agree that Micah Parsons is the best defensive player on the Cowboys? Uh, without a doubt, yes. Okay. Now, would you would you – agreed that Micah Parsons, given that, is probably one of the best defensive players in the NFL, period, no matter who we're talking about. He's in the conversation for defensive player of the year in the NFL. Oh, yeah. That's my point. Micah Parsons' impact on not just the not just the Cowboys, but the NFL as a whole, meaning that offensive coordinators now, they don't have to think about, they don't have to think about DeMarcus, DeMarcus Lawrence. They have to think about Micah Parsons first. If you have to generate your offense around the rookie, you are more than the rookie of the year. In my mind, and I hate to say this as a, as a Giants fan, Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year. There you go. Ooh. Okay, so where I, thought, where I thought you were going there was he's too good to win rookie of the year. Therefore, we shouldn't give it to him. But if you're making the argument he should be defensive player of the year, give it to me. I think... Uh, I think TJ Watt probably will win it, but Parsons the last 10 weeks has been maybe the best defensive player in football. So I will, I will tolerate and welcome all Cowboys praise, especially from an NFC East rival, but a good friend in Henry. (laughs) Hey, Henry, how many yards did uh, the giants finish with yesterday? Negative something. I I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of over the Giants at this point. Um, I love Joe Judge. Don't get me wrong, but there are some times where you need to stay quiet and be like, "We just got our butts kicked," and he went on an 11 minute rant that went 10 minutes and 30 seconds too long. Oof. Yeah, Bryce, I will be. Bryce is walking a fine line of trying to talk a little trash about the Giants. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, yeah we, know. we know what franchise uh, you are loyal to, so be be careful. Yeah. I know. Well, it's like the only thing that can make. I, I, well, we, at least we did better than the Giants yesterday. Apparently, <laughs> at least we were in the game. Panthers were in the game, but True. it was ugly. Uh, uh, it's ugly. So I'm yeah. right there with you. Uh, our our coach came in. Matt Rule came in the same time as Joe Judge. Neither one of them has uh, their fan base very confident in them moving forward. That's for sure. No, not so at all. we'll talk more coaches next week because I think I guess next Monday is Black Monday where all the coaches get fired and it's always a tough day and it's Um, gonna be a bunch of them too well it's gonna be a a bunch of them 
I guess so. We know Matt Nagy and uh, we'll see Nagy. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm curious a couple of because Urban's already gone. Um, yeah. I yeah. think Matt Rule lasts one more year, but we'll we'll save some of the coaching talk for for next week. Um, I still want to get into Kirk Herbstreit's comments, some more John Madden, and we'll we'll talk more about the the big NFL storylines from yesterday, including the Bengals winning in in dramatic fashion against the Chiefs. What a wild end that was! And then some other thoughts on Antonio Brown, but. Let's do unpack this, and and this is our segment we do each week, and this is the this is what we're all about here at, here at unpacking. We want to encourage, challenge, and inspire one another to follow Jesus, become more like Him, and so we look at sports stories and sports parallels, and and how they translate to the Bible and our own lives. And as the year begins, we all are considering, okay, you know, what happened last year? What do we want to do this year? And What's interesting, as the calendar ends for for us, the football season ends as well. So, so football teams are looking back at their season and they're evaluating, okay, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And for us, it's this time of year where we now decide this is what we're, we intend to do this year. Little New Year's and, resolutions. That's right. NFL teams when they began their season, they intended to make the playoffs. They intended to score touchdowns. They intended to win their division. They intended to win the conference. They intended to win a bowl game. They intended to make the college football playoff. Uh, they intended to you know, grow chemistry as a team. And, and so all of these things are intentions. And, and so now that, that NFL seasons are over, college football seasons are over for, for many teams, they're, they're now, the, what do they say? They say, well, we didn't execute. We didn't execute on what we wanted to do, what we intended to do. And, and so now they're kind of you know, evaluating that and, and discussing that and, and looking at film and saying, okay, why didn't we execute? And, and you know, we always, this is kind of one of the great cliches <laughs> in, in, in sports is, hey, what happened today, coach? Well, we just didn't execute. And it's kind of a... <laughs> you know, a short answer, an easy answer, but, but it's the reality because you can have great plans. You can have great intentions. You can, you know, line everything up and, and Hey, we desire to, to make the playoffs and and we desire to win our division and all that kind of thing. But if you don't execute, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so for us, here we are 2022, we intend to eat better. I just put on probably 10 pounds over the holidays, eating a lot of desserts. I made some delicious uh, bark. Have you ever had this uh, kind of bark? Ooh, peppermint uh, bark? No, it's uh, – I can't think of what it's called. Brittle. Like kind Ooh, of brittle. brittle. Fantastic. Coffee, coffee. Yeah. coffee bark. Definitely. Delicious. I made some of that, ate a lot of that. You made some of it. So you, you earned the right to eat it then. You earned yes, those pounds. I yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I made some haystacks with pretzels instead of chow mein noodles. Those were delicious. Interesting. So, uh, so I was working hard in the kitchen. But anyway, now I intend <laughs> to lose some weight, right? I intend to exercise this year, meaning I didn't exercise last year, which is not a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> I intend to do that this year. That is, that, that is I was what waiting I for the rest of that do. sentence on, I intend to exercise this year three times a week compared to last, last year's one time a week. But blanket statement, I intend to exercise I, this year. If I use the the stationary bike that's in the man cave once, I'll have 
I'll have the, been better and grown from last year. The first so time would, you do arm day, you're going to be a T-Rex the rest the next day. You're not going to be able to yeah. extend your arms. So you got to no. come back softly. No, definitely not. <laughs> so, so, so we all do this, right? We, we intend to do certain things and, uh, you know, some of those things are not necessarily that important, but they're, they're relatively important. But then there comes the, you know, the spiritual aspect of, of life and, and the more meaningful things in life. And so we intend to seek God. We, we expect to live for him. We aspire to serve more this year, give more this year, hope to become, you know, more like Jesus this year. We plan to get more plugged in at church. We aim to, to read our Bible more. We, we desire to pray continuously or, or pray more. And, and so all of these things are fantastic, right? But, but how will this year be different at the end of it when we evaluate and look back? Mm-hmm. And will we actually be able to execute on what we intended to? Now, there are some teams this year that did execute, right? They executed their plan. They executed the process that they put in place. They executed on the plays that they called. They executed on their game plans. And now they're heading to the playoffs. They've clinched the playoff spot. The Packers you know, won the conference. They get a bye. So yeah. that's what they intended to do this year. They executed on it. Mm-hmm. Now, some things didn't go their way you know, throughout the season, and they overcame different obstacles and all that kind of thing, but they executed. And so for you and I, how do we execute on what we intend to do most importantly, spiritually and growing and becoming more like Jesus this year? How do we execute? First, we have to determine if our desires to accomplish, implement, fulfill, do, complete, and achieve, is that actually coming from God? And and what we desire to do, are those things aligned with his purposes, plans, and desires for us? Hmm. Now, he may desire for, for me to exercise more because then I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to be more effective for his work, right? Not, yeah. just, not just so I look better in the mirror or look better for Jody. She should love me anyway. But, so, and she but, does. But, and she does. So, but, 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 there, but there is a, there's a spiritual uh, value to me being in better shape and yeah. sleeping more and, 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 and eating better and, and having more energy for him. And so all these things that we desire and intend to do this year, are they aligned with him? And, and where are those desires coming from? And then secondly, the key to executing is we have to trust his power instead of our own because we can't do all these things that we intend to do in our own strength. We can't become more like Jesus in our own strength. We become more like Jesus when we yield to him and depend on the power that's within us. And so let me read this in, in 2 Peter uh, it's a, a little long, but bear, bear with me. Second uh, Peter 1, 3 through 9. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, 
self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop, I'll throw in the word execute, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. And so these verses, you know, this shows us how we execute on living the godly life, right? This kind of this kind of lays it out. Mm-hmm. We depend on his power, our faith in him, and 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 then go through the, the process of knowledge to self-control, self-control to patient endurance, patient endurance to godliness. And then the other thing, when you start thinking about this word execution, there's another meaning for execution, right? Which means to put to death. Yeah. That's the other, that's the other, the other definition. Yep. So we put to death our old life so that we can live this new life, this godly life be, with God's power in us. And, and as it says in, uh, as Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so as followers of Jesus, this is our reality. Our old life has been executed. Christ lives in us. And as Paul writes in Ephesians, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so we begin this year where we want to accomplish, right? We want to accomplish things. We want to do all these great things. Well, we can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think because of God in us, his mighty power at work within us. And so this year, Let's live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God and relying on his mighty power at work within us. And remember what Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So we can't do anything. We're not gonna, we're not gonna accomplish anything of meaning, anything of purpose. And we're, we're not gonna be able to execute on the intentions uh, that are deep within us that God has put there without him. We need him and his power to do it. And so with Jesus, we will execute infinitely more than we could ever intend to do on our own. And so that is my message as we start the new year. Wow, I'm fired up. And uh, there you go. You can unpack that. Boom. Shout out to John Madden. That uh, That was fantastic. Getting fired up over here. It's a new year. We're working out this year. We're executing. <laughs> uh, That's right. It's right. The the biggest uh, takeaway from what you were saying is your point about we can't do anything on our own. Something I've been wrestling with and kind of looking at my own heart is I do believe, of course, it is God who justifies me and declares me and not guilty because I'm in Christ, and then it is God who sanctifies me by making me more like Christ through his grace, through his spirit. But I think for a lot of us, especially for me, I I say these things, but the way I live my life, I think it's easy for me to 
to view my sanctification as it's up to me. It's mm. up to me to do good works, not to earn my salvation, but it's up to me. I'm in charge of my uh, maturity. I'm in charge of becoming more like Christ. I'm in charge of being more faithful, more obedient. And I, in my head, I, I know it's, it's God's Holy Spirit em, empowering me. It's by His grace. But in my heart, I have this performance, this sinful performance mentality that really tries to come out and kind of overrule this, the, my mind and my heart, rather than experiencing God's grace that empowers me and acknowledging it's God's Spirit, it's God's grace that empowers me to be more like Christ. But this, again, this desire for performance, this almost performance mentality kind of comes out and it's sinful. And so the, the biggest thing is we ask, we ask for God's grace to justify us. God, give me grace. By your grace, I am saved all over scripture. But then do we trust that it's God? Do we ask for God's grace and believe that it's by his grace we also become more faithful and more obedient? Mm. We would all say that. Like as we as we mature in the faith, we know that to be true, but is that how we live our lives? Or is it this performance that kind of comes out? Or are we stuck in a habit or stuck in a sin? Or we're kind of experiencing a lack of maturity. Do we believe God's grace is powerful enough? to transform us because it is, but do we live that way? So God's kind of helping me see that myself on there's moments where, man, I I doubt God's grace to help me in this area. And then there's moments where it's up to me. Yeah, God's grace is there, but ultimately I'm in charge, which is just totally not true. So this, this new year, I'm really trying to make this a year where I'm believing in the power of God's grace and I'm continually asking for it. Because it's his grace that saves me, and it's his grace that transforms me. Amen. Amen. And, yeah, I think I I look back at last year, and there were things that I intended to do, or, man, I really wanted to do, but I didn't execute. I I really didn't execute. And I was probably just trying to do it in my my own strength, or I wasn't truly focused and, and wasn't really willing to do, you know, what it took or what God was asking me to do. And, and so I totally agree that it, it is God's power within us. It's his grace, but we have to yield and surrender too. And so we have to, ha- we have to have let go of that performance base that you're talking about. We have to let go of that former life. We have to execute that former, that former life in order to, to execute and live in the power of the spirit day to day and allow him to transform us from the inside out. And, and so that's that's what I want this year to to be like. Where, wow, yeah, there there, there really is change. Yeah, God's changing me. God's the mm-hmm. one doing it. It's not me. God is doing it because I'm seeking Him with all my heart, and I'm I'm beginning my day fully uh, connected to Him. You know, recognizing okay, He's He's the mm-hmm. vine, um, and 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 trusting Him moment by moment. And yeah. so, uh, and I think for for exciting. those listening today. Man, what does it look like? Because we, we don't want to sound vague or cliche when we say living by God's grace uh, and relying on God's grace. What does that look like to surrender and, and experience God's transformational grace? Well, there's, there's three immediate things. One, spending time in his word. If we're not spending time in God's word, we're not allowing ourselves to be, to be transformed and to hear one of the primary ways God has revealed him and his character and his desires and his will for us, and that's God's Word. So we've got to spend time in God's Word. Second, spend time in prayer, fellowshipping with God in prayer, 
confessing, repenting, showing gratitude, thanking him, uh, just sharing with him, even though he already knows, but sharing with him everything in our heart and our mind. And then third, spending time with God's people, which is the church, and getting involved in a local church, attending church uh, gatherings on Sundays, being a part of a group, finding ways to serve. So God's people, God's word, and then prayer. Those are, those are three initial steps we can take this year in order to execute, in order to experience God's grace. That's right. Absolutely. Those are, those are good encouragements uh, for sure. Well, there you go. Let's unpack this. The devotional will go out later today so you can re- read it and, and, and kind of unpack it a little bit further. And so uh, look through those verses again and uh, meditate on it. And so you, if you haven't subscribed to the devotional yet, uh, be sure to go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. That goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, directly into your email inbox. All right, let's get to some of the big NFL stories from the weekend, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the college football uh, bowl season and some of the comments made by Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard, and some of the fallout and response from that, uh, which has been interesting as well. Uh, but But yesterday... It was just a great day of football, tight games, a lot on the line. Uh, the I think the performance of the day, Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. the fact that at the beginning of the year, we joked that he couldn't even catch the ball in preseason. And for him to have this type of, of performance, multiple games where he's over 200 yards and he's like, no one can even catch him. Like the yeah. next level that he gets to, in the open field is remarkable. And I was thinking yesterday too, you know, the criticism that the Bengals faced when they drafted him instead of an offensive lineman. And I still think that thought process is fair to say, Hey, it's, it's valuable to have an offensive lineman. You can get receivers and just ask the Panthers. They have no offensive line. They run for their lives and it's, it's a disaster. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so you need a good offensive line. But when you have this type of connection between Joe Burrow and Chase, and you're going to you know, potentially have this for the next 10, 15 years, yeah. it could be an all-time duo. Like that's what, that's what the potential is. A lot of factors go into that, but that's the potential. That's a special thing. And, and then now you spend the rest of your, your time, all your rest of your money, go get an offensive line and, and, and do whatever it takes because you've got a, an absolute dynamic duo and then you throw in Higgins and Boyd. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, can't forget about 1,000-yard receiver T. Higgins, Boyd, and then Mixon. I mean, yeah, come on. Here? This is one of the Don't most count. talented electric offenses in the league. I mean, good. coming off of last season, Joe Burrow injury, Yeah, you, you draft a receiver early, which they did, gosh, a few years ago. Oh, it was like a 4-2-40 guy. I can't remember his name. I think it may have been out of Washington, but it didn't work out. And then you have a defense. We're not really sure what's going on with the defense. You make good offseason moves. You go out and win the division. You knock off Kansas City this week. And it's a legit Super Bowl team after being a laughingstock for a long time. It's You talked about Coach of the Year earlier. We may need to at least give some recognition to the head honcho in Cincinnati. That's fair. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not getting off Vrabel. I'm very convinced of it. Uh, they are getting Derrick Henry. I just saw an update pop up. looks like he's coming back off of IR. So this is a Super Bowl caliber team. It really is. And 
when we look at the playoff picture, it really is wide open. I still believe the Chiefs and the Bucks are the favorites, and you got to go through those two teams. To 100%. me, to, to me, to bet against them, uh, I'm not a I'm not a gambler. I don't I don't like the bet, but you don't bet against them, and and so until they go down, they're the teams to beat. However, I could see the Bills get hot and go. I can definitely see the Packers, of course. They're, they're, they'll be the number one seed in the NFC. And what they're doing with Aaron Rodgers and one of you guys put in the notes, they're the first team. What, what, what is this? They're the, the Packers first team the- ever to go thirteen to win 13 games in three straight seasons. First team ever. Can you believe that? That's very surprising. They have to win the Super Bowl this year. And they if did that in 17 games also. True. Because I'm a little funny about this extra game. Very true. Very true. But records. I don't know. If you're a Packers fan, it's got to be the year. Come on. What what else can he ask for? Three years in a row, thirteen wins. Aaron Rodgers, MVP last season. Come on. And then the whole. I mean, the story is good. Like if they win it, the, I like the story. The fact that oh, it's fantastic. As annoying as the off season was, he somehow all of a sudden came back, and and then everything's been great all year, other Think than of, his little uh, COVID it, situation. It is. It, it's perhaps the best year to be an NFL journalist. I mean, come on. NFC, AFC, completely wide open. Wild, the wild card round is going to be complete and utter chaos. The divisional round is still going to be chaos. And then there's, so, there's numerous teams that have fantastic storylines if they win the Super Bowl. Obviously, Tampa. Obviously, uh, Green Bay. The Rams. Think of, think of the Rams with Stafford. Stafford. If if the Colts win, the Wentz project goes right. Tennessee, if they win the Super Bowl, all that they overcame. It's just every team has a fantastic story. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you the teams I don't think can win it. I don't think the Eagles can. I don't think the Cardinals can. And if the forty, I guess the Forty Nine ers should get in. I don't think. I don't think they can. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. Car- and. Right now, the Cowboys are going to play the Card- Cardinals in the first round, and as a Cowboys fan, I'm excited. That, that's, like probably, revenge. that's probably the best of the teams available to play in that first round. I'm not too scared of Arizona. No, I, I still I don't I don't buy into Arizona. I've always been a little hesitant about them. It was a big win yesterday for them, but they to me they're just not trustworthy enough. They've got to prove it. Um, but I love the Chargers, how well they're they're playing, and just. They're capable of scoring a ton of points. Yeah. Um, and their defense has been pretty solid as well this year. Uh, the Colts, it was a weird game yesterday against the Raiders. Wentz was kind of out all week. And I probably give that as a, the excuse. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't play great. And I needed him in fantasy and I lost. So thanks a lot, Carson Wentz. But I'm still you, on the bandwagon. I'm you've, still talked on about, the bandwagon. you've talked about points. Can we just acknowledge that the Patriots have scored 50 That's points right. two times this season? I was looking at how many teams have done that. There's only like two teams that have done it three times in a season. There's probably like 12 to 15 teams that have ever done it two times in a season. A rookie quarterback, a a Patriots, Bill Belichick proving himself without Brady. You have receivers who a lot, no disrespect to them, but a, a lot of ca- casual NFL fans would have no idea who these receivers are. You have running backs who are kind of plugging and playing, and they've dropped 50 points twice this season. It is remarkable. remarkable. Yes, absolutely. And Jacksonville, though, yesterday, they weren't even playing. That was ugly. 
Oof. That was really bad. Yo, I, again, it, we 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 still have to acknowledge this the torment that Trevor Lawrence must be experiencing. Oh, it's a disaster. And my it's just it's just sad again. We talked about this before. Just hate when a talent like that. That's just the draw you get in the NFL. It's hard it's hard to get out. So, for those that have been listening to the show for, you know, the last year, I was really hesitant about Trevor Lawrence. And as much as I like him, seems to be an awesome guy, faith-filled guy, uh I just don't know if he's got the NFL mentality that if he can really shine in the NFL. I'm not sure that he translates. He's t- he's got the talent. It's it's just the is he the leader? Is he the personality? Does he have the the NFL cutthroat drive to do it. Remember the article that came out? There were some questions yeah. about that. I think it's fair. And and so now this year, it was a lot of turmoil. I So we got to give it a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. But I still, I, I'm more on that side of concern that this is a, ugh, I'm not sure he's a generational talent like we thought coming in. He still might end up having a, you know, a 10-year career. But I think there's some major concern, and it, it goes beyond just how bad Jacksonville is. And yeah. the other thing, Jacksonville still has a couple of receivers. I mean, LaCron, LaCron Treadwell, all of a sudden, he had like six catches yesterday. He's back in the league. Out of nowhere. Former number one, you know, former uh, first-round pick. He was a premier NFL yes. prospect out of Ole Miss. Man. No, and and Marvin no Jones. Players. Marvin Jones is pretty good. He's up to yeah. like 700 yards can- this year. You know, and James Robinson was really good last year. So I, I'm not. I just I'm I'm very concerned that ugh, Trevor Lawrence is going to struggle. And then you know, with the Jets yesterday, they made it interesting. But I'm still not big on the Zach Wilson bandwagon. Uh, Fields total toss up. We got to see him with a new coach. Yeah. Um. So, but then Mac Jones. But back to Mac Jones <laughs> dropping a 50 point game, leading the way. It's it's very impressive. So I'm still rooting for New England Tampa Bay Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. That so, would be. Epic. To for so regarding rookie quarterbacks, to to use your tagline, the jury is still out on. <laughs> I, the jury obviously still out on Trevor My Lawrence. Tagline. by no yeah by no means, by all means he deserves more time. Yes. Zach Wilson too. I was looking. I was watching a video of a film breakdown in the Jets offense. Some Oof. egregious play calling. What did you do wrong? Were you being tortured? <laughs> Who captured you? I was in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> That was the punishment. You oh, watch the, watch I was the, the breakdown of the Jets' offense. Oh, why would you do that to yourself? That, that was uh, that was the diehard sports fandom moment of of the holiday break. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you couldn't watch another Home Alone. I mean, come on, man. True, true. Go to uh, Home Alone five before you watch the the Jets. <laughs> okay, breakdown. have you seen the other Home Loans? Because there's six of them. I've only I've only gotten to three. Okay. So. There's been some recent ones in recent years I have not, yeah, I've not watched. But so jury's still out on him. Trey Lance as well. You get you, there's you need oh. way more time to look at him. Which pretty good day. Oh, not for George Kittle. Not for George Kittle. Fine, not for Kittle. George Kittle. Okay, if you want to talk I, fantasy I though, I lost. And well, the fantasy show is tomorrow. But I did lose thanks to George Kittle and thanks to Trey Lance who didn't find him. Yeah, that was tough. I have Kittle. Carry well. on. You, you now you're impressed with Trey Lance because he had a good second half, even though he never actually got the ball to George Kittle, and instead he wanted to get the ball to Debo Samuel. <laughs> anyway, anyway, jury's still out. 
And I would say the jury's still out on Mac Jones as well. Obviously a great season, but still need to see. I don't know. You still need to see if he's, I was, I I would want to see year two. Could it, can he repeat once teams get Uh, film, once teams get film on him, all that stuff. Cause that was the same with, with Dak. Your rookie, rookie Dak was an all time season. Perhaps one of the, one of the best rookie seasons as a quarterback. Year two is different. Teams get film, change things scheme wise. So we'll see. Anyway, your rookie predictions seem to be pretty good from at the beginning of the season. You were high on Mac Jones and he seems to be the best performer of the season. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get Do we confirm that? We'll have to go back to the tape on that. I think Mac I, Jones, I think you're highest on Mac Jones. Now yeah. you you you've got you've received some serious slander on social media for being a Mac Jones guy, but you've been holding strong. You've been well, loyal. There you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, let's uh, let's get to the MetaShare moment of the week, and we'll talk a little Cowboys as well. But we all remember, you know, Henry's favorite team and David Tyree's incredible catch. Well. Yeah. That, that that got a run for its money yesterday. Now, obviously not with as much on the line with the Super Bowl, but yesterday in the Cardinals-Cowboys game, running back Jonathan Ward had an incredible catch off the helmet on a fourth and two fake punt play. And so here he is, a running back making the catch and like pinning it to uh, Chris Banjo. Is that who it was? Chris Ban- <laughs> Banho? Chris Banho? I'm just going to plead um, the fifth on that pronunciation. No, 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 no. It was, uh, I'm sorry. That's who threw the ball. And, and then, uh, Nashawn Wright. It yeah. was his helmet. That's who it was. Yes. That's who it was. Um, so anyway, incredible play. You've probably seen it by now, but that is the MetaShare moment of the week because when you make a, a catch like that, uh, on a special teams play where, you know, let's face it, never heard of Jonathan Ward. He's, you know, a guy fighting for a roster spot, just playing special teams, trying to make a mark. And you make that kind of catch, that kind of concentration, a little bit of luck, but but you you make that, and you know it was a tight game, you know it was a every play in that game was was crucial because it did come down to the wire. Dallas with a great comeback, uh, so that was a big deal. So good for Jonathan Ward, your MetaShare moment of the week. And if you're just tuning in, MetaShare awesome partner, presenting sponsor here at Unpacking It. And so if you're looking for uh, a new option, a better option for your health care this year, uh, text the word UNPACK to the number 201201. That's UNPACK to the number 201201. You can find out more about MediShare and the, the innovative health care solution that they offer to Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. So you, you of course, didn't like that play necessarily, <laughs> but you could still re- respect the play. Yeah. Uh, but where are the Cowboys? You know what? what what's the takeaway? You know everything's so dramatic with with Dallas and the yeah. way that the media responds. I always say that. To me, Dallas is fine. I saw something today. Oh, you can't trust Dallas. Well, they still got the talent, and I actually I love Cedric Wilson. I've told you that, right? Yes. I'm a big Cedric Wilson fan. He got in the end zone. He's a good player. Uh, but what what was your big takeaway? Well, first I, I need to I need to also acknowledge the unbelievable play because. That catch was <laughs> remarkable for to hold on to the ball. It's like he had gorilla glue on his hands. To hold on to the on the helmet is just 
unbelievable. So love seeing that. Gosh, this game. Oh, so many things. I don't even know where to start. I'm going to keep it short, but just um, some quick hitters from the game. One, like four players in the press conference blamed, blamed, maybe strong, but partly blamed the officiating crew, basically saying they had to play against two teams, the Cardinals and the refs. I've, I haven't seen that in a long time where the most of the players interviewed in the press conference post game were talking about the officials. So there's a delay of game. There was a missed fumble, all sorts of stuff. So that was interesting. Um, maybe it was a ploy from Mike McCarthy to keep confidence in the locker room. Hey, we'll just blame the refs. It's the refs fault. It's not because we weren't good enough to beat the Cardinals. Um, Michael Gallup, one of you want to talk about medicine moment of the week. I would like to nominate Michael Gallup who caught a touchdown pass and potentially tore his ACL as he was catching that ball. So difficult for Michael Gallup, though. He caught a touchdown and then stayed down out for the rest of the game. Cowboys fear it's a torn ACL. He said he heard it pop before he caught the ball. So an all-time warrior moment to potentially tear your ACL and then catch a ball, a difficult catch. So that was fantastic. Uh, losing to the Cardinals hurt our seeding. Also, I don't even know. I'm not worried, but I will say this. If you're looking to bet against the Cowboys, look to the fact that they are only 6-5 and five against non-NFC East teams. Not great. That's not concerning. Great. That's very concerning. When the Cowboys play good quarterbacks, they lose. And they are the league leader in forcing turnovers, but they're not going to force fluke turnovers in the playoffs against good quarterbacks. I would say I'm pessimistic as I normally am, but there is reason to be concerned about, about Dallas. Well, for me, it's like, okay, where are they at in the NFC? I don't, I don't think this has really changed. I still, I still think Packers, Bucks, Rams are better than them. So they're not going to, so whether they lost or beat Arizona, those are the three teams in the NFC. Now I love that. It's, you know, there's still some wide openness to it and Dallas could get hot or, I don't think Arizona will get hot, but maybe they get hot in the playoffs and all that stuff can happen. But to me, it's still those three teams. And Dallas, they're not good enough to beat those three teams. So that, and they don't have the coach to do it either. Um, so I trust those three teams. We, we, know, we know that Rodgers, well, we know that they can get to the NFC Championship game. We know the Bucs can win the Super Bowl. We know that Sean McVay can take his team to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Now we know that Mike McCarthy could take Aaron Rodgers and win a Super Bowl. <laughs> can he do that in Dallas? So that's that's the big question mark. But um, yeah. but anyway, the the whole idea. I don't know who who thought Dallas was the best was the team to beat in the NFC. I, okay, they're a great NFC East team. Very true. I so, <laughs> so yes. I mean, what six of their win? If they beat Philadelphia this week, six of their twelve wins are going to be from division from the division. So anyway, I think their ceiling is incredibly high because their defense has become so good. Absolutely. And they have the talent on offense to be fantastic. But they have been playing, they've been at their floor for weeks now. For for a while, they haven't come close to their ceiling. So they have the potential to get really hot. So maybe this is the year, but we'll see. Yep. I'm not not banking on it, but. As far as what they've done this season, I feel like they've played as well as 
expectation up to expectations. Yeah. I don't I think mean, it's been a down if, year. If they beat Philly, it's still going to be a 12 win season, which is fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. It's huge. It's huge. Yep. No question. All right. So the other big story, of course, yesterday, you know, you're sitting there watching games and all of a sudden this wide receiver is taking off his clothes and leaving the game. <laughs> and, and to me, that should be the last time we ever see Antonio Brown on a football field. And this is a, we probably could spend a whole hour at least talking about this because this, this really is a big topic. And I'm sure all the other shows in the world are, are talking about this today. And, and I guess just to, to look at it from a, you know, as we're followers of Jesus, I absolutely want to be driven by love and grace and compassion. And, you know, Tom Brady, that was his default in the yep. uh, press conference was the word compassion. Yep. I appreciate that. I respect that. I respect that about Tom Brady. Now, people are criticizing Tom Brady for going out on a limb and kind of putting his reputation on the line by bringing Antonio Brown in and kind of vouching for him and all that kind of thing. But to, to believe in, you know, to, to, to believe in the best in someone is a positive thing. And to say, no, you bring Antonio Brown here, I'll keep him under my wing and I'll get the best out of him. And, you know, cool. All right, that's great. But my whole thing is, I just think Antonio Brown has done enough. Enough is enough. You can't continue to display this type of behavior, like as a football, like as a football player. It represents the whole brand because I'm a football guy. I'm like John Madden. I'm a foot. I love football. And so, if you criticize football, you're criticizing me, kind of. I'm the same way with the NBA. Like, I love the NBA. When people criticize the NBA, I feel it personally. Mm. And, and so when you have guys like this representing the NFL, people on the outside, which ultimately, who cares, I guess, but they still criticize, oh, here goes another NFL player. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. This is Antonio Brown. He's, he's, he's one of one in many ways. The, the, the stuff that he does. This isn't something we see every week. So let, let's, not, let's not jump to that conclusion. Um, also, I listened to the CBS postgame show. They had some good banter, actually, back and forth. But Nate Burleson was trying – he was trying to – I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was trying to defend Antonio Brown because he had uh, incentives that he was trying to hit and he wasn't getting the ball enough or whatever. But it's just such a bad take and it's such a bad approach. I just don't want to hear it. Stop. I mean, Stop with that. Oh, give me the ball. They were trying – they were trying – but Antonio was rejecting to go in the game and there was – is the thing I say – I don't even know what opinion to have necessarily. Just the matter of acknowledging, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. Like no. the security thought it was a fan on the field. They 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 were about hitting around doing nothing too. They were about, they were about to go like get him because they thought he was a fan that ran on the field. It's just it was absurd. Well, it was everyone... unbelievable. And everyone's saying he's got some serious, you know, mental concerns here, mental issues. This is a pattern of behavior. It's very bizarre behavior. That's what I'm saying. This is one of one. So he needs help. And I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, too, and this kind of topic came up, too. Is it better for him to be in the NFL? He's going to get more help that way. Well, no, that ship has sailed. That's not the case. So he needs to go a different direction outside of the NFL to, to get help. Now the NFL could still help because he's still one of theirs and, and that kind of thing. But, but this chance after chance, I, 
that's that's a that's a tough thing. I'm all for again. I'm all for grace. We could forgive him, and and he can move on and 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 grow and develop. And ultimately, he needs Jesus to transform him, just like we each do. Um, but he's got to take those those steps to get some help. And being on an NFL roster, you know, it's obviously not doing enough to change him because he's going back to some of the same stuff over and over. And what he did too, lying with the COVID card and all that kind of thing. You, know, you just add it to the list of stuff that he's done. And the Bucks have given him a ton of chances, and they've gone to bat for him. And they don't need the distractions; they don't need it. So, and I think yeah, for fun. them, for them, you got to protect the locker room. And yeah, now about to embark on the playoffs. My goodness, do you need to have uniformity in the locker yeah. room? One, one voice, one goal. We're going one direction. If you want to dissent, <laughs> the cliches. Then, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Jury's still out. On, one direction, on, one voice. I feel like I'm giving a TED talk right now. Oh my one gosh. Voice, one oh, direction. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's time to get on the same page. If you want to dissent, see you later. So yeah, no, I agree. Uh, your sentiment is, is absolutely true. And, <laughs> but, but I was, I, I didn't want him on my fantasy team. Like I don't, to me, these kind of guys, he, he crushed me a couple weeks, which was difficult. But. Yeah, you just don't. To me, I just I didn't even understand that the talent. Like, was his talent really needed? They got enough guys. I just don't. I didn't understand why they they made the why they took this risk. I didn't think it was worth it. But as we saw yesterday, I don't even know who the guy was who scored the game winning touchdown. That's why I said earlier, Tom Brady's the MVP because we got these random guys that just come in. Yeah, like, he's always had that, right? I mean, of it's course, he's Mike some- Evans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Mike Evans has been awesome. Godwin, when healthy, is awesome, and Gronk and all that. But then you throw in whether it's Tyler Johnson or last year it was Scotty yeah. Miller and, you know, it's all yeah. these random guys. Even, Cameron even in Boyd. new England, he had a, of course he oh. had Randy Moss and he had some great players, but the, the narrative was throw anyone on the field. Tom Brady's getting you the ball and That's we're going to be successful. It's, it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Same old, it's same old, same old. Yeah. So the other, the other big story that we could also spend an hour talking about college football. And I think next Monday we'll, we'll probably get more into the championship game. And here we go again. We get <laughs> Alabama in the mix, and we'll, we'll see if Georgia can can surprise a little bit and uh, kind of finish the season that they started, which was a great season. Um, can they finally overcome Alabama? But um, the, the big, I think the the deeper conversation, and, and this has been going on throughout the year too, and in the off season with. You know the NIL and the expansion of of the the playoff and the transfer portal. You know these are big. We're seeing big shifts in college football, and I've got a unique perspective because I'm I'm a, a fan of a team in the group of five, App State, who was in the one double A level, the FCS level. So I saw a sixteen team playoff for the three championships that App State won, mm-hmm. I went to those playoff games and I experienced all that and saw how it works and, and saw the potential for it. And also saw guys that were playing, not necessarily to make it to the NFL. Only a few guys made it to the NFL during that that run and none of them necessarily had yeah. a, a great, great career. Um, so so now Kirk Herbstreet comes out. You know, Now we've got all these bowl games and people not playing in the bowl games and opting out and thinking, all right, going to the next level. And we have so many bowl games. I I read earlier, 84 teams were bowl eligible. Only 46 weren't. But at the same time, all these bowl games, everybody's watching them. Not everybody. I shouldn't say that. 
they're getting good enough ratings to keep the bowl games happening year after year. Even yeah. though there's not a, a lot of buzz about the bowl games, it's still, still football. People watching. It's still and football. People, people watch football. Yes. So all this is factoring in, and and so it's just it's an ongoing conversation, and it's interesting to hear. You know, you've got your apologists, your college football apologists. You've got your old school college football guys. They don't like the changes. Uh, you've got you know fans that embrace the changes and just love. Okay, whatever college football is, I love it. And as long and as we're still, got, we're still tailgating, yeah. okay, great. Can I still go to the games? Okay, great. I'm in. So. And you've got NFL guys like you. And then I'm more of an NFL guy. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I I was disappointed. I thought the playoff was such a letdown. I mean, those games were very weak. I'm glad that I had a nice little uh, board game to play on New Year's Eve. So <laughs> that's what okay. I was doing. I want So when – so in the – as you're watching the 16-team playoff – for when App State was FCS, it, are, are is there parity, or is it like like the college football playoff where it's yeah the fourteen playoffs nice, but really only two teams. Most years there's clearly very top heavy on who has a chance. Beginning of the season, yeah, Georgia and Bama, best teams of football. Michigan, great. Ah, do they have a chance against Georgia? Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, awesome for them. Do they have a chance against Bama? Eh, I don't know. But so when you're watching the 16-team playoff for lower-level college football teams, is there parity or is it the same teams every year? Because I haven't followed it. Because if there's a if there's actually a handful of teams that have a, a shot, oh, it's fantastic. But as of now, for Power 5 schools, which outside of Cincinnati are the only schools that make the playoff, there's not even that many teams that have ever made the college football playoff. It's yeah. the same teams every year. Which, it's just so top heavy. Yeah, which I find to be yeah very disappointing. Now, o- over the years, um, you know North Dakota State, where Carson Wentz went, they won a bunch of championships. Yeah, uh, James Madison has been consistent. Montana, Eastern Washington, Sam you know, Houston. Appwork. Sam Houston's good now. Yeah, App App won three in a row. So if you have a good team, yeah, there is you can make a run. Um, But with sixteen teams, it opens up the door for possibilities. Like you still have to prove yourself and win multiple weeks in a row. Yeah, and and you also just have more teams that are competing in games that matter. And I think that goes back to this whole idea about the bowl and and part of the the conversation that was being had on on College Game Day or whenever they were having that conversation is well, these are meaningless games and there are more meaningless games now. Whereas the old bowl system, like those games just had weight. Like people, those games matter. People cared there. People wanted to play in them. You, you grew up, Oh man, the idea of playing in the Rose bowl or the cotton bowl, or, you know, some of those yeah. more historic ones did carry weight. And we've lost some of that, that luster, uh, because now people, if it's playoff or bust, and there are only four teams that make it, and really only five or six teams that ever make it, um, <laughs> yeah. which is just discouraging to the rest of college football. And so then it leaves everybody else just kind of like, wait, well, what are we playing for? And and then it goes, oh, well, you just, well, you have to love football. Okay, that's fine. And and, and I think we understand that and respect that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, these guys, they still love football, but you want to play for things that matter. Like, so, yes. I think you brought up a great point earlier. At the FCS level, there's less players getting drafted, 
the majority, it seems like, now, of course, there's going to be a lot of players still dream of playing at the next level, but it's probably more similar to high school. Think your last high school game, yep. you want to play. I want to be with my teammates. This is a, a, a forever memory, my last game with my team. The same, like the Ole Miss quarterback, uh, Matt Corral, before he got injured, he could have sat out. But for him, his mentality, this is the last game, all my experiences at Ole Miss, last game with my teammates. So you get more of that at the FCS level. The college football playoff has so devalued bowl games. Before the playoff, yeah, you make a New Year's Six Bowl, I'm all in. Even if I'm not competing for a national championship, by all means, I want to try to win the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl. But now yeah. it's so devalued, and at big schools, there's a, there's a lot more players that are going to the next level. More players sit out, but there's still plenty of players on these teams that aren't going to play in the NFL aren't trying to, and this game means everything to them. It's their last time with their team, but when you get to bigger schools, there's even more players to where it's meaningless to them. They're still playing football after this game. They're going to the NFL. They're a draft prospect. So you, it's it's more diversity, and if it's meaningless or meaningful. So I don't know. If you're a player and you're all in on, a, on your bowl game that – for a teammate of yours is completely meaningless because it's not a college football playoff. How disappointing, how disappointing you're trying to win this game, but you have teammates who are sitting out Which the teammates that are sitting out. It's hard for me to argue against that because if you're trying to protect your body, I mean, that that's a reasonable argument. I think if Jalen Smith for the Cowboys destroyed his career playing in a bowl game for Notre Dame, destroyed his career. That's a, that's a very reasonable argument. Even if personally I would play in the game, I don't. I wouldn't be a player to sit out. I don't think it's unreasonable to sit out if you're a premier prospect and you're playing in the Outback Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you do under. Yeah, you. To me, there is an understanding of it, but you know, it's fair. Like I, I think maybe Herb Street and and those guys went maybe a little too far in questioning guys. You sound like the the old guy, get off my lawn guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm younger than they are. Um, <laughs> But I do think we are we are we've always been selfish people. That's 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 our sinful nature. Certainly. But we are getting into more and more of a me culture. Like there's just no denying it with social media and this next generation that it, it, that's all they've ever known. Social media. Yeah, that's right. No, that's it. So so that that, that absolutely infiltrates the mentality of these guys and how they're making their decisions on whether they're going to play in a meaningless bowl game or no, we started something as a team and we're going to finish it. Even if that just means we're yes. going to win this bowl game on December 19th, I had a commitment to my teammates. I'm going to go do that. That doesn't outweigh. Well, I want what's best for me and my future. And listen, I get it. I understand it, of course, but it is a just, it's just a different mentality and philosophy. And maybe it wasn't always that way. Um, and, and again, because those bowl games carried more weight too, it made it easier for guys to justify, yeah, I'm going to suit up for this Cotton Bowl game versus sitting out to, you know, my, my draft stock is ready to go or I'll go prove it during the, the combine. Exactly. So, I mean, there's implications too because where do you draw the line for sitting out games? I mean, if you're, if you're the A&M starting quarterback, do you sit out for the Prairie View A&M game? Do you, for Alabama, do you, if you're a best one of the best players, do you sit out for the Alcorn State game? Oh, it's meaningless. We're going to win anyway. So, I mean, 
that's pro- possibly There's the slope. next logical yeah. step to go. And yep. then I've, I've heard some people comparing it to the Pro Bowl. Pro People don't take the Pro Bowl seriously in the NFL. I just don't think that's a comparison. That, that was never a game, necessarily. It's always, like, people yeah. playing in the Super Bowl don't play in that game, of course. But again, there's just, at the college level, there's so many players on these teams. They're giving their all for this game. This is the last football they'll ever play. I don't know. I err on the side. You got to play. You should play. But again, it's just it's not an unreasonable argument to sit out. It's just so difficult. It's it's really difficult. And I do love the uh, this this topic of do you love football because you love football or do you love what football gives you? And that's interesting. And I think there, there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. I and think there's the answer is some spiritual yes. aspects to that too. Um, so uh, that, anyway. that is a, that is a great question. So I forget where, who was talking about that. I, I, can't, I, I heard that somewhere along the, along the way. But um, anyway, that, that's a big topic. We'd be curious your thoughts as you're listening now. Um, so uh, it's, it's fascinating. It's an on, it's a, the state of college football is very interesting. People still love it. We're still going to watch our teams. App lost our bowl game. It was devastating. Um, but then it wasn't because then it's like, oh, wait, okay, it's a bowl game. <laughs> I want to win. I want, I'm more concerned about winning the Sun Belt and and winning whatever games uh, we play against the uh, the big teams. Those are the games that I like to win. Yeah, like we beat South Carolina, North Carolina a couple years ago. Was it last year? Uh, two years ago. Um, so anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, gosh, we're gone. We've gone long. We've given you extra content. We were off for a couple of weeks, but we've come back guns a blazing, and we will wrap things up with tap drill and Henry. Let's start with some tap drill regarding John Madden. So, Henry, take it away. What's up, man? All right, boys. So, over the weekend, as everybody's heard, or if you've been under a rock lately, uh, we lost a great man in football in John Madden. John Madden was not just a a great NFL coach winning a couple of Super Bowls. He was not just one of the great sportscasters of our generation. He actually brought football into the mainstream with his game, John Madden Football, which is now referred to as NFL 2K Football, John Madden Football, so much so that they actually have tournaments online on on how far you can get in Madden. They have Madden Bowls for each team. They have Madden Bowls all over the place. So, boys, my question to you is this. How should John Madden be remembered? Should he be remembered as a great NFL coach? Should he be remembered as a great sportscaster? Should he be remembered as bringing football into the mainstream? Or should he be remembered for all three? <laughs> yeah, definitely all three, man. And I, I watched the documentary. It was awesome. It was so uh, just insightful to, to who he was and, and just a reminder of all that he brought to the game. And, you know, it's great to have ambassadors for a sport that they, they love all the good things about the game. And, you know, Dick Vitale for college basketball. You guys know I yeah, love him. Yeah, and, and so that, that, that you need those guys that help build the brand and, and push the brand. And um, they're cheerleaders, essentially, for the sport. And so John Madden, with the video game, it was actually to help people learn the game and understand the game of football by playing a video game. And how cool is that? And, and so I think my big takeaway with with John Madden was the simplicity that he brought to the booth. And and he got kind of characterized by Frank Caliendo for always stating the obvious. 
But I think that's what was refreshing. And it just, he was the voice of the game. And it's fine to point out, you know, what's, what's really going on. And of course he would use his telestrator and, and break down plays even more. But today we get certain analysts that think they're, they're trying to be the smartest guy in the room or they overanalyze or they use all these big terms and it's just unnecessary. Like the average person watching the game doesn't care about all that. And so I think John Madden's willingness to do that, and that's just who he was. He was a teacher. So we wanted to make things really simple. And you know, it's funny. So Frank Caliendo, I, I, I listened to Frank Caliendo. Gosh, it's been 20 he's, years. Ago. He's greatness. Caliendo and, is fantastic. So I, my love for John Madden almost like was intensified just through Frank Caliendo's impersonation of him over the years. But one of his bits early on when I was listening was he Frank Caliendo would do Pat Summerall to the 20, to the 25. <laughs> There's a flag on the flag. And, and then he would do uh, you know, John Madden. I can't do Madden. Um, and then Pat Summerall, as Frank Caliendo, as Pat Summerall would go, Thanks, John. And it was always like, cause he stated something obvious, like, Oh, there's yeah. Brett Favre and he threw the ball. And if you throw the ball forward, it goes forward. And if you get a first down and that's a first down or whatever it is, but the, 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 the saying of thanks, John, for something obvious, that's what, that's what Pat Summerall would do. Hmm. Jody and I implement that in life. Ooh, so that's we, cool. we, so if she tells me, Hey, uh, you know, uh, that the, the, the oven's hot. Oh, thanks, John. That, that's what that's what we say. So, you ever uh, you ever toss her a thanks, John, when she says you look handsome today? Oh well, uh, thanks, thanks, John. John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Okay. <laughs> so John lives on. John lives on in the Johnson household. So there you go. That was a so, long way to get to that. Sorry. I will say, like, how cool is it for for a guy like Kobe Bryant? He gets his jer- He could have two Hall of Fame careers in the number twenty four and the number eight. Guy like John Madden, he's like a Hall of Famer in three areas as coach as broadcaster and as video game connoisseur, like threefold John Madden is fantastic. But perhaps my favorite thing about him is reading about him. I was reading about, I was reading an article from his, one of his old executive producers. He was a no ego, genuine down to earth, interested in you guy. Like he was John Madden 24 seven. His executive producer said he was one of the more curious people in regards to he was always interested in who he's talking to. There was, and, yeah. and he had no ego. There was uh, Collinsworth and Michaels for when NBC got the Thanksgiving Day game, and John Madden had been retired for like six years from broadcasting. They tried to get him to come on, and he said, no, I don't have the ego to think I can just show up after six years of no broadcasting and think I can do it again. I love that. Who says that? Yeah. I mean, and, and how – and, and Bryce, you, you could probably speak into this. Broadcasting can become heavy ego now with how big broadcast broadcasters are their own. Yeah, Bryce, you got a big ego, right? Yeah. You can relate to this. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, John. Uh, yeah. Thanks, John. But broadcasting, you can have your own brand as a broadcaster now. And John Madden refused that. Yeah, so I just well, love that brand. he had his own brand, but he, well, but he, but he wasn't. Didn't he didn't change his down to earth. He yes. didn't bring the ego along with it. He he stayed humble, and it's just great to read that he was such a good guy and really genuinely interested in others. When think of all the broadcasters in the world, of all the people that could be interested in themselves. I mean, John Madden's up there. 
So I've loved reading how awesome of a guy he was. So you haven't seen the doc documentary. So yet. I have yet to see the documentary. Okay. It is yeah, it, it is in the queue, and I am excited to watch it. I barely so I I was on full Maddie duty, hanging out with the family, uh, all all break. I somehow squeezed it in though. I squeeze I squeezed in the Madden like a late night watch or early morning watch. No, it was like a mid afternoon. I wasn't feeling great, so I kind of was like, "Hey, I gotta I gotta go down. I gotta I gotta chill out for a little bit." <laughs> okay. so, so, that, so John Madden made me feel better. So it was, it was good. <laughs> I um, think my favorite I think my favorite part of John Madden was always uh, when he did the Thanksgiving Day games, and he always gave out the turkey leg to the best player. I think that's the first time I ever heard the word traducan. Yeah, and well, I was yeah, like, he, create, he, he didn't create it. He took it to the next level. He created it. He I, like, create I, had, it. I had he never heard it. of the word traducan before John Madden, and I'm like, what the bleep is a is a traducan? Turducken. Turducken. <laughs> oh, it's a turducken. Oh, my bad. Yeah, turkey, turkey, duck, and chicken, and, and chicken. Okay. I think it is yeah, chicken. So I, I would love to try one. I haven't had it. I've never had duck actually. Has anyone my had wife, duck? No, oh, I've had. My duck. wife has had You've duck. Had duck? Oh, very okay. good. I'm a I'm a, I'm a seasoned eater. I've a, oh, I have a very wide array of things I've tried. Oh, you okay. still need to try your barf dip though. That's uh that's, that's speaking right. of things we, in the queue. That's in the queue in the of things queue. to try. <laughs> yeah, come on down. All right. Some barf dip. All right, boys, one more for you. Uh the Manning cast is back tonight. Oh, and and one of the guests on the Manning cast is Aaron. <laughs> Rogers. Ooh, now, da, da, da. Aaron, and, Snoop his, and Snoop Dogg for some reason or another. He, he, there's no West Coast team and the commission playing, playing tonight, and Snoop Dogg is on as well as com, as Commissioner Goodell. So, boys, my question to you is this: Is it a coincidence that Aaron Rodgers is on the broadcast, the same broadcast where Ben Roethlisberger is playing his last football game in Heinz Field? Oh, you're saying Rodgers could go to the Steelers? Because of all the time. Remember back a few weeks ago where he had nothing but praise for the for the organization yeah. and for Mike Tomlin. And all of a sudden, he appears on a Monday Night Football game where Big Ben is playing his last game. So my biggest takeaway is the Madden curse still lives. So take it to the bank. Lions beat the Packers week 18. Take that to the, the Manny, bank. The Manning curse not Manning. the Madden curse continues. Did I, say the Ma- curse. did I say the Madden curse? I think you said the Madden, but you could have said Manning. It was Manning, a, it was... the Manning curse. But yeah. take it to the bank. Lions over Packers is official. Well, well, they might be resting their guys anyway. Mm. They've already clinched. So that that Same. that's actually not that far fetched. So <laughs> it could live on. And I will say, I was thinking about fantasy because I, I won one league, lost the other league uh, that I made it to the championship. But I was thinking, all right, what quarterback do I want to target? I'm already thinking about next year. Who do I target next year? And it's whoever replace. Like if they, if the Steelers do get a legitimate starting quarterback, oh, I want yeah. that guy because the weapons that they have yes. and the potential there is is incredible. However, I, I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. Like I, to me, he's going back to Green Bay or he's retiring. That I just don't see any other scenario. I really don't. I, I to me, it's it's locked and loaded. Green Bay or retire. So hmm. that's how I feel at the moment. Uh, as much as it would be fun to see him in Pittsburgh, that'd be intriguing. No question. Um, so, all right. Uh, anything else? I guess that's, gosh, we've, that's, gone, we've gone long. Yeah, that's it for Tap Trail. Happy New Year's, boys. All right, Henry. Appreciate it, man. Happy New Year's. 
Um, new New Year. I always wonder about this. When, when do you use the apostrophe? Happy New Year. It, or I guess it's the New Year's party or the New Year's TV show. Is that is that the difference? Well, you when you're talking when you, when you're talking about uh, when are you when you're talking about an event dealing with New Year's, I think that's when you use the apostrophe. Yeah. Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. As an adjective, as they would say. We've gone long, and we now we have resorted. We have sunk low to become the grammar police to end yeah, the show today. <laughs> I, think, I think that's where we need to end the show. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> probably a good time. Uh, I'll have to save my New Year, my New Year story, or my New Year's story about Wolfman Pizza for another mm. show. Yeah, mm. the tradition lived on this year. It lived on. All right, guys. Well, fun show. Glad to be back. We'll be back next Monday, uh, 2 Eastern. Also, the Fantasy Football Fellowship Show. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll tell you how things turned out for my two championships, and we'll kind of recap the season uh, in fantasy and, and have some fun tomorrow with Harrison. Uh, we also have you know guest interviews. If you didn't listen to the Zach Follett interview, please go listen to it. Awesome interview. One of my favorites from 2021. Brian Dawkins was excellent as well. Those are a couple of our recent interviews. Andy Irwin from American Underdog. I know Luke went and saw that movie, so we'll have to hear your uh, movie review next week uh, on that as well. But uh, but have a wonderful rest of your day, wonderful week. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I need some water, but I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Thanks for listening. This has been the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.